kind of just makes me think about because I have a friend that he's not really into fighting games. Like he'll play, like he knows about some stuff. He'll watch watch streams and whatnot. A lot of times he's he's quick to talk about man that looks broken, man that looks op, and it's like I find myself kind of like downplaying stuff and kind of talking down and i'm just like no i mean it's okay like i'm okay with it it's you know and trying to bring him off the cliff or whatever and just like no no like you know it's it's perfectly fine like what's going on in the game it's just you know it's something i gotta learn to deal with right that's huge i feel like being able to say like okay this is something i need to learn how to deal with is like huge that's massive because it it brings responsibility into your court and then when you when you have that responsibility and you figure it out and you counter those things, that is your hard work just playing out right in front of you. absolute guard podcast yes welcome this is episode 45 my name is benny and as always i'm joined by my co-host john who is now a honda main right john <laughs> <laughs> i have exactly one day in as honda and i already feel like i've mastered the character <laughs> no actually i took him on ranked after we played after so benny taught me the ropes of honda for for one morning and then we played for a little bit and then I got arrogant and tried to go on ranked and I didn't know what to do in like three quarters of the matchups because headbutt just didn't work. And I was like, oh, I guess there's more to this character than I thought. So I've been humbled. Yeah, I feel I feel in some ways it's kind of a, a double edged sword, too. Right. Because like because he's one of the problematic characters for a lot of people, like mm -hmm. that's one of those matchups where like in Street Fighter four you know sagat was like one of the best characters in the game right in vanilla vanilla street fighter 4 yeah. and a lot of people didn't want to play that matchup but as a honda main back in that game like i was comfortable in that matchup because i played so many played so many times against that character so it might be a, you know kind of a situation like that where people are just oh another honda porter john comes <laughs> on the screen and they're just like i know how to deal with this <laughs> and that's definitely how i played i um yeah. i will say though as somebody, we, we did get to play some matches together, and, you know, as somebody that was was playing Honda this time against somebody not playing Honda, decades of trauma being resolved right <laughs> then and there. All that Street Fighter Four headbutt that I had to eat, just all the, the payback was there, and it felt so cathartic. Yeah, I, th I think I think more of your trauma is probably from Mr. SNK than me, though, because I'm pretty sure you 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 handed me my ass more than more than I did you in in four. So I didn't hand I didn't win more often than you headbutted me, though. That's for sure. Yeah, I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, one of the things that uh, we've been trying to do lately is uh, have conversations with folks outside of the Street Fighter scene, um, yeah. and one of the one of the people that I've known throughout the years and uh, played Street Fighter Four with, and uh, and have had the opportunity to um, to to work with them at Contender uh, and on the Strive side and the Street Fighter Five side uh, is AZ Show. So we wanted to bring him on today. Yeah. Welcome, Show. 
Hey, thanks a lot. I uh, really appreciate being here. Um, I'm glad that we were able to find a good opportunity to, you know, have me on here because I've, I've known that you guys have been doing this and I'm really glad that this has been something ongoing that you keep on having all these different guests from different communities and stuff like that. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks for being I mean, on. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. It's just, uh, I mean, at first, like when we started doing this, like it became a thing where like we wanted to talk to a lot of people and then it was just like, eventually we're going to run out of people to talk to. So we tried to like very, you know, do various different things, whether it was like, uh, talking about, uh, you know, Street Fighter Six beta and stuff like that, or current events, and then now we're kind of like getting into our groove back again, like talking to talking to people that you know uh, we haven't talked to at all that haven't been on the show yet. So, yeah, I think um, I I think that like if if I recall correctly, like Strive and and Street Fighter Five were kind of in tandem to, with each other for a, for a while, and uh, you know at Contender. Um, and it was always really cool to kind of see some of the crossover from the anime scene. Uh, for, I've, seen, I've seen people play both Strive and Five and entered in b both those tournaments before. And uh, there's a lot of good opportunities for cross-pollination between those scenes. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, another interesting thing has been I've seen not only crossover from Street Fighter, but also uh, Smash Brothers, which I really didn't expect. Yeah. Um, as as Strive was kind of gaining in popularity, <clears throat> there were a lot of people that were involved, like really good players that were involved with Smash Brothers that, you know, and they wanted to give this genre a shot and they ended up, uh, you know, settling on starting with Strive, largely, you know, good net play, good net code and stuff like that. Cool. Nice. Well, I, I started talking about Strive because we've got footage of your stream uh, in, on our screen here as well. And uh, you are one of the top players in Arizona for Strive, but you also have a pretty storied history for the, in, in the Arizona fighting game community. Um, and so we kind of wanted to uh, reach back in time and tell some stories from that, that old era and see, uh, see how that ultimately t uh, brings us to today and in this uh, unique world we live in today with in post-COVID, post-pandemic. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, I was gonna say, well, typically when, like, when we get somebody new on the show, uh, we want to know the origin of your gamer tag. Like, so where does where does show come from? Because I'm, you know, assuming we know everybody, everybody knows where the AZ comes from, or at least for your Twitch name. Yeah. Where does where did show origin from? Um, so that's actually really simple. Um, there's a a prolific uh, JRPG that was on the Nintendo DS named The World Ends with You. And um, oh. I played it when I was younger, and uh, there's there's a character, one of the main villains. His name is Shominamimoto, and um, that was I I just love that character so much. And um, it was not only that I really like that character, but also that I feel like Sho is just a very good. There's a very short, you know, tag that's not like it's not hard to remember. It's not hard to pronounce. Um, it's just kind of very, very simple to, to have in mind. And also you don't feel embarrassed saying it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, so a, a lot of it is for the sake of readability as well as, uh, just, I love that character. So that's where my name's from. Nice. nice. Um, it's also a very common tag. So that's where the AZ comes from. Obviously you guys know it's because I live in Arizona, but the main reason why I've decided to tack that on there was because I didn't want to be confused with any other shows. 
Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like yeah, that, I mean, you know, a lot of people got the qualifier Saber AZ. I've got the AK in my name, so mm -hmm. so yeah, definitely understand that. Very cool. Um, so another question we typically ask new new uh, guests on the show: um, When did you get started playing fighting games? Uh, okay, that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's funny because I'm part of an era of fighting game players where back when I started. It was there was it was like a derogatory term the 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 tag for these people was I um I started playing fighting games largely because um I got tired of team based competitive games I've I've been playing I've been wanting to play competitive games like ever since I was able to play them and oh. um one of the the most recent game that I was really into this is bizarre but it was uh, it was Guitar Hero um. And I was, well, I was good at it. I won like every time I answered. Um, oh, wow. And so when the new, there, the, there was a new set of games that came out and they were all based on having a full band. You had the drums, the vocals and the two guitars. Um, and I didn't have that many people that were like really serious about it that wanted to do that. Um, so it became very difficult for me to enter tournaments. And um, okay. I, I, I had always liked fighting games. Like I always, I had always liked Street Fighter and Guilty Gear and stuff, but I was never like really, really into them. Um, and so it came about as a very um, self, like a, a self-centric competitive um, sport. And the first game I took seriously <laughs> was uh, the old, uh, the Capcom JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Fighter, uh, Heritage oh, for the okay. Future. The nice. one with, um, the, with Pet Shop in it, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. About. yeah, okay. yeah. Um, the, the online spaces that I was in were all about um, GGPO and 2D Fighter. and Jeez, it was called 2D Fighter back then. Um, uh, now it's Fightcade. Um, and GGPO doesn't even exist anymore, as far as I know. It basically integrated with Fightcade. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, there was that. And then... Street Fighter 4 came out, and then that was like the the big, you know, oh nine the oh niner. I was an oh niner. Yeah, fellow oh niner. <laughs> yep, that's, that's me too. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it was. Uh. It was. That was kind of like my jump off point. Um. I ended up getting my hands on a, a TE of Mad Cat's TE. Um. Because I was playing on, I was playing on a DualShock 2 back then. Yep. And um. I went to a tournament that was run on PS3s <laughs> and I couldn't use it. So <laughs> I, I, I was so annoyed because the, the buttons, the R2 and L2 hang down a little lower on that controller and I flicked oh. it by accident and got a roundhouse and I died for it. Um, and so I was like, I'm never going back to you to having to deal with like a proprietary pad. So just arcade stick all the way after that. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's almost like the the yeah the ubiquity of the art of the arcade stick is was the big selling point for you then. Um, yes, I also just love how it looks. I think it looks amazing. I yeah. I think you're the first guest we've ever talked to that has had like a a rhythm game a competitive rhythm game background and using that as like the the gateway to competitive FGC. Um, does like like you know how um you know a lot of a lot of players take real real pride in their their arcade sticks and they customize them and you know it's a form of expression in a way right. uh, does that same kind of thing happen with like competitive guitar hero like did people like 
like mod their sticks or mod their uh their guitar controllers or anything like that (laughs) that honestly um that was not really present because a lot of people would just use the they they would generally have the instruments there and um to be fair there was not a huge scene for it it was more like i would be like at an anime convention or something and they would have a tournament there and stuff i see um it was not there were not there was not like a like this is the guitar hero locals type thing <laughs> we didn't have that oh man yeah that's that's like when you talk about the anime conventions that's like one of those things like if you're walking somewhere with like your parents or something they're just like oh you play that game you should go play like yeah they're like well oh, shut up like leave me alone <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly nice nice okay so street fighter 4 comes out um and you, you pick that game up and it it's it's uh I'm hearing I'm hearing you like it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I uh, I didn't know that there even was really like a scene for it in where I lived. I that was back. Um, I lived in Connecticut at the time. Okay. Um, which very small state. Um, I lived in like a, a small town, and there were nobody else gave a damn about Street Fighter. Um, yeah. <laughs> but basically, I found out that you know. Since because of where it is, we would get players from um, from Spooky's group. They they would all come down to locals. Um, uh, the New Jersey group, you had people like Marlon Pie and uh, some other players from that area. Um, and so it was really cool because basically I found out that there was this this tournament taking place in this guy's basement, um, which is. <laughs> That's green flag. Wonderful. Uh, and, <laughs> and uh, so there was actually a, it was a play and trade specifically um, that my first local was at a play and trade. And um, it was really cool. Cause I was like, Oh, I've seen all these people play on streams, all these like amazing players. And like, I'll finally get to like actually play with them and stuff like that. Um now I, I I don't want to get too too much into it, and I don't want to throw too much under the bus. But I will say that I got matched against DSP and I killed him 2-0. It was not close. Um, Former Evo champ DSP, <laughs> our Evo Evo top eight placer. I should it's say. It's funny Sorry. because I'm seeing clips of him popping up again, and it's like I feel like if there's a Street Fighter game comes out, you're gonna hear about him somehow, even if that's yep. not your. <laughs> Yeah, because that was probably at the height of his popularity. I think when, right. in, the, in the like right when Street Fighter Four released. So yeah, and like <laughs> into 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 Super because um yeah he was playing Hakan and that was not a good decision. Um, <laughs> but moving on, oh I'll I'll backtrack a little bit. I played Rose, um, mm-hmm. and that was because I love JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which you might have figured uh, out because yes. that was the first yeah, time yeah. I played. I was actually reading part two for the first time and this character i don't know if you guys know rose is literally a character from jojo's like she's 100 percent from jojo's huh she fights with a scarf like 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 not even not like slightly like her like basically exactly the same uh guile too yeah. <laughs> i think they refer to those as homages right <laughs> it's it's it goes a little bit beyond that it's heavily inspired <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. That's awesome. Scarf. People, I remember people calling that the ShamWow. Yes, the ShamWow. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Those classic, uh, the Vince Offer uh, 
and <laughs> the slap chop and stuff like that. Yeah, you're gonna love so, my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> classic, so classic. Oh man. So Rose, Rose was. Uh, it sounds like you did. You how long did you stick with Rose, or did you ever end up switching away from her? No, I played that character 100 percent of the time. Wow, wow, that's um, actually pretty rare for. And it was, four. it was really surprising because when super came out and they showed the soul satellite i was yeah. kind of whatever on it like because when they showed it off they had like trailers i don't know if you guys remember they had trailers for every new ultra to show it to show off how it works mm-hmm. and um everybody had all these cool cut scenes for their new ultra and rose she activates and then walks forward and then the other character dies and i'm like that's that's it. Like, there's no. Oh, yeah. And then she came out, and this is just—that's actually what you do. You you activate, you walk forward, and they die. And I'm like, wait, this is awesome. <laughs> it, it like another thing is that trailer didn't show off like how invulnerable it was on start, right. on startup either. So it could be used as a wake up option. Yeah. And then like. It's just an instant, like, hey, you were attacking, now I'm attacking. Like, Right. Um, <laughs> it was very, especially, like, in that game, a lot of people, there were a lot of, like, setups to try and do, like, pseudo-unblockables and stuff like that on Wake Up, and yeah. that just did not work anymore. That was not an option. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Was, she had that one move where she kind of, like, went diagonally over you, right? And people would do that? Yes. Yeah, to, yeah. You, to create different bad situations for them. Um, yeah. But... Yeah. Um, so fast forwarding a little bit, I actually, I moved to Arizona to, um, to live with a girl that I was dating at the time. Um, and the first thing I wanted to do was find out where is the new, where's the FGC out here? What are they doing? You know? Um, and I knew I had heard of, you know, uh, they were called team hazmat at the time. Uh, they were hosted out of, uh, that guy, the Haas's house. Yep, mm-hmm. and um, I knew about the um, <clears throat> excuse me, the Marvel scene because I mean it's hard not to hear about the Marvel yeah. scene at the time. You know, there were just a lot of really really powerful players, um, and I was playing KOF thirteen at the time. That was um, oh. that was the the main game that I was really into. Right, um, and there was not like a huge scene for it, but it was just so cool to have a place you know, to go and be in these tournaments, have all these competitive players and stuff, obviously. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's where I first ran into you there. Like, I don't know if we ever really talked then. Uh, maybe, I don't even know if we even played any matches if, if you were, uh, we were playing Street Fighter Four at the time. But that's that's where I remember seeing you from. And yeah, KOF. And honestly, I thought you were probably in the scene longer than that, or in, in you know, in the local scene, but I guess not. No. Um, so, no, I say, I say KOF. I was definitely trying to that that was still like pretty early in my like career quotation and i was mm-hmm. like trying to play every game you know and there were um there were moments where i was playing um i was playing kof street fighter 4 and marvel as well but i was i was never very good at marvel that was just it was just cuz it had a lot of characters that i liked in it <laughs> i i remember that time period it was like right when between vanilla marvel and Ultimate Marvel. That's like when the KO, KOF 13 dropped, I think. Either, I don't remember if KOF 13 dropped before Marvel or not. But like that was around when our scenes were coalesced pretty pretty closely with each other. Um, yeah. 
or um, co-located rather yeah uh, I, I remember actually it was uh armando used to actually host at his place in tempe and yeah. uh there was a kof 13 set up there and i remember seeing you there while i was playing marvel and every now and then we would bust out four as well it was it was like those were the the three big games at the time right um, so that was pretty cool good time <laughs> yeah um simpler times <laughs> yeah um but i guess uh to fast forward a little bit further, there was um, Street Fighter V came out, and um, I was like kind of on the fence about it. It was honestly the the big problem with that game when I was trying to play it was that my computer was not reading the my arcade stick properly. Yeah, and so yeah. it became like a huge chore to like play at all. Yep. And, that was a big um, issue at launch for five for sure. Right. And, and I was even more annoyed because I had gotten a TE2 for it. So it's I have this arcade stick that has this giant picture of Ryu on it. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's crossing his arms and there's a five and it says rise up. And I'm like, I got the, the Street Fighter Five arcade stick and it doesn't work on Street Fighter Five. <laughs> yep. uh, I remember that being yeah, that was a pretty pretty sore spot for people. I right. um and then that turn, that stick in particular also just ended up being uh, one of the most inferior sticks that Mad yeah. Cats released. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, from our perspective, it's like, hey, they released the TE1, which was like arguably the best consumer stick ever created. And now, <laughs> yeah. 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 How, the how TE was, fell. it was very impressive. Um, obviously, before playing fighting games, I was not uh, informed about arcade sticks. But seeing that people would have to solder things to change buttons out and stuff like that was just like, wow, you had to do yeah. so much more work back yep. then. Yeah, before that. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, I, I wanted to, to rewind for a sec, actually, because I think Exerd came out before 5. And I was curious about, did you were you exposed to Guilty Gear Exerd at all? Or like, did you play it at all? Yeah, so Guilty Gear Exerd came out, and I'm somebody that I always loved, like, the aesthetic and the music and stuff of Guilty Gear, but I was never very good at it. Um, and when Exerd came out, um, I was playing Eno, which was a character that was very far outside of, like, what I normally do in fighting games, which is um, I, I usually pick a character that has, like, really, really uh, commanding normals and then is otherwise like pretty simplistic. Uh, and that character is like the complete opposite of that. Yeah. Very technical character. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was, I liked the game, but I was not like playing it all that much. And um, I didn't really get much into Exert until Revelator came out with Raven, which, um, you know, that's, that's kind of where I got my real breakout. Yeah. And I was, I really felt driven to try and uh, improve in a lot of ways. Okay, so so Eno was your your first character in Guilty Gear. Mm -hmm. Was that any ties to like the Guitar Hero thing at all, or no? Nah? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> but actually, um, I I really liked her and I liked Biken um, when I was like first looking at Guilty Gear. And in Plus R, or I don't even know if it was Plus R back then, but in in uh, Accent Core, she uh, Eno was like extremely inaccessible <laughs> that character <laughs> is incredibly hard so i was like okay this is my chance to try and you know make her work i uh biken wasn't in the game when at that yeah. time so she was not an option 
Okay. I actually, I vaguely recall, because I picked up Exert for a little bit, and I remember, I think we played once, and I got demolished by you, like, immediately. <laughs> I got, because I, I, I didn't really know how Eno worked, and I was like, oh, everything hits high. Yeah, it's a million <laughs> overheads, yes. That was a good time. <laughs> Very cool. So, okay, so the breakout happened with Raven then, right? Yes. Um. So what was that, that DLC character dropped and, and like what, what drew you to Raven? So um, actually he wasn't technically a DLC character. Um, oh. Raven was part of the expansion game uh, Excerpt Revelator or okay, as some might bad. call Raven later. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, um, he was accessible if you completed the story, mo- the story mode or if you dropped like... Uh, it was like some very small amount, of, like a couple dollars or something. Um, oh, okay. So mode unlocks. <laughs> yeah. So back then it was it was weird because it was like not technically DLC because it was a new game that you had to buy. Right. Um, mm. And what drew what what drew me to him is um, when I I messed around in lots of fighting games. I played Darkstalkers a little bit, and there's a character named Jetta, um, mm. and I felt like their aesthetics were very similar um he's got this kind of like lingering projectile um these very very commanding normals and um his his aesthetic is just very uh it's very moody and i like it because it's also (laughs) it's also at odds with his attitude in the game he's like a very goofy character oh he's a goofy character his so his (laughs) like attitude in in the game is kind of like at odds with the like very somber backstory that has to do with him and i think that's really cool okay um happy chaos is like similar i think yeah i can see that for sure um but it's so he also was extremely strong when he first came out he was a ridiculously powerful character and um that turned into kind of a like okay you know, am I am I actually like decent at this game? Or am I just winning because this character's really strong type thing? Sure. And um that that mentality, that mindset, that thought process is something that I feel like a lot of players run into eventually. If they play enough fighting games, they're gonna run into, you know, is my character strong enough to win? Am I good enough to win? Is my character just carrying me? You know, that sort of thing. And um I was wondering that for the entire time that I played, and then there was a point where they nerfed him. Uh, they updated the game, and they made him. They made the things he had that were very commanding were not quite as much. Um, and a huge amount of people that played him dropped him completely and just moved on and played other characters. Um, but I, I love playing him, so I was still, you know, I was still in there, and I was actually winning more because my my drive to like learn how to be really good with him was not based on how strong he was, but just on being able to play the character. And that is, you guys know this, but I want to say that is what will always trump, you know, whether or not the character is strong is your, your willingness to kind of bend yourself around what that character does. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can overcome bad matchups. Like if you know the matchup better, right? Like somebody that's just switched to, to top character or whatever for this version like, you know, if you know your character inside and out and you're like, yeah, I know how to deal with the stuff that's coming at me, then, yeah, you can you can overcome that, you know, pretty easily sometimes. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think a, a lot of what also contributes to that, uh, it's, it's, it's imposter syndrome in a way, right? Is that mm -hmm. a lot of times when the top tier character is like really good, uh, they become the villain of the scene as well. And yes. people are yeah. very quick to discredit any kind of accomplishments that you have with, with that character. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, so, it like I was saying earlier, like Honda's, uh, or, I'm sorry, John's day one Honda. He was giving me the work yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, oh, this is what this is like, huh? Like, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I'm facing that now, especially because obviously I play this character who's very strong. Yeah, so did you feel some catharsis then when... Um... Uh, when they nerfed Raven and you could come back and be like, hey guys, I'm, see how good I actually am? <laughs> uh, that's an understatement. It was, it's, <laughs> it's a wonderful feeling to feel like, okay, I actually just really am into this and I want to do this and I want to show people that this character can do all this cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely felt that way with, with Zero and Marvel 3 as well. Like it mm -hmm. was... Except they never nerfed him, actually, so I didn't ever have to... <laughs> you never had to answer for your crimes. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> so maybe it's yeah. not the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's always that school of thought, especially, like, in the competitive scene, right? It's just, like, are you going to switch to a better character or, you know, or stick with the one that you've been using if they get nerfed? And, you know, I've... You know, John was talking about people not switching characters in 4, and I was just like, I played Honda pretty much all the way through. Yeah, <laughs> all yeah, the first, you know, and it was it was terrible, like... There was there was literally only like one tournament in Arizona where I played Ryu against uh, Velociraptors Gokit because I was just like, well, this matchup for Hondas is just terrible. Let me play Ryu, and you know my Ryu is nothing, so I got washed. And I was just like, yeah, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> no way. Yeah. You know, it was just it's just one of those things like you know you get you get attached to a character and you know you get people know you for that character, and you know I, I didn't really have a it was you know in some ways it was kind of just like my identity of like who I was at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I was, I also wanted to say that, like, um, it's very interesting, like, the, because I, because you face this with, um, like, in general, when you play fighting games, some of the first things that you interact with are, like, tier lists and stuff like that. Yep. Um, and it's, it's extremely difficult to profess to people that that is, like, such a small section of what the game actually is when you're playing it. Yeah. Um, oh, that's right. I just remembered. Um, the, I, I remembered and then I forgot. That's incredible. <laughs> well, regarding the tier list, like that's a, it's funny you bring that up because, you know, Street Fighter six has just come out. It's what, three, four weeks in and yeah. tier lists are, you know, all over the place on Twitter and, People are discussing this and that, and I'm like, the game's been out for three weeks. Like, yeah, we know certain characters have better tools than others, but I mean, you know, isn't it a little early to even, you know, be worrying about this kind of stuff? And yeah. you know, it's not applicable to, I'd say, the majority of the players. Like, you know, you get to the the top, the top end. Yeah, sure, that's where that's where things really start to kind of stand out. Mm -hmm. Okay, I remembered now. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I was I was going to say that um, something interesting about Exerd, and I feel like this is not always the case in fighting games is that it really rewarded your loyalty quotation mark um mm -hmm. the familiarity with characters and their mechanics because the mechanics in that game are so crazy across the across the cast that uh mm -hmm. familiarity with that and how to deal with you know certain things is way more important than how powerful a character is 
And um, a lot of players, um, I'd say even like most, most notably like GC Yoshi, um, his strength as a player and his familiarity with Bedman as a character who is not considered very good um, mm -hmm. has, you know, brought him a lot of success just based on that is his uh, familiarity and sticking with that character. That's something that I've always heard about Guilty Gear as a whole is that, um, you know, matchups are, are still relevant on defense, but on offense, like everybody's busted. So it's fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, so, okay. So Raven gets nerfed, uh, but you still find success, uh, regardless of that. And, uh, so where does that leave you in your exert career? Like, uh, did you, did you end up placing in any, any high, high, any notable tournaments or, uh, winning um, locals or anything like that? Honestly, I, um, I did, I did, um, win, you know, a few, a few local events, um, largely nice. ones where Justin didn't show up, <laughs> uh, our player, uh, Justin, uh, did uh, he's a very, very strong jam player was, um, our representative in, um, there was a Red Bull like qualifier event mm -hmm. and, um, he was the person that went to, I, I want to say it was in New York where they like assembled all these different, um, players that had won these events to uh but best jam in the country the basically right <laughs> uh uh i can't say that because of uh because of doran doran was an extremely strong jam player as well ah fair enough um but one of the strongest for sure um and um i i actually never got out of pools in that game <laughs> Oh. oh wow okay in in majors there was i i always found a way to to find um defeat uh so <laughs> it, that that's kind of like it is what it is type situation i uh hey i, I was there I, too man <laughs> yeah yeah before i never got out of pools it wasn't until street fighter 5 that i got out of pools that i was just like i just started this game <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um but regardless um I still like feel like a lot of my understanding of like how to have like a good mentality about playing in tournaments is based on the time I spent with Exerd um, because Justin was somebody that was, he was very willing to be helpful um, mm -hmm. and also very willing to like beat the hell out of me for 50 matches straight. <laughs> <laughs> so Exerd basically kind of taught you how to be a competitor in the fighting game community. And then I'm guessing blossoming from there yeah um you know my time with uh with strive has been um a lot different uh in that i feel like because of the i'll say like perceived accessibility of the game it's mm. um there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are playing it and so so many of them are just very very strong players um and that's not the, we didn't have that kind of like level of competition with Exerd, which is regrettable, but the game also demanded a lot from the player, especially for some of the more difficult characters. Um, mm. And so the, the level of co competition was like what I've always wanted for guilty gear, because it was something that was present in other games. Like, uh, like obviously with street fighter five, there were, you know, huge, huge numbers of people playing it just based on, um, you know, we want to win Capcom Cup or we want to beat, you know, Punk or whoever the good top player was at the time. Sure. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and but so Stri Strive kind of signaled like this this change where a lot of crossover happened. Like usually you'd hear about crossover into Street Fighter, like from from anime scenes from Mortal Kombat, etc. But then when Strive came out, like every scene picked that up. Like Street Fighter players, uh, anime players, of course. Like Smash players picked it up. Dragon Ball players, uh, Marvel players, like everybody, I think picked the Strive up when it came out because it was it was. I don't know. I, I was uh, taken by that game for a good a good couple of months when it first came out. I still really enjoy watching it. <laughs> so um, that game is like such a, uh, it was like a surgical strike in terms of like the timing and also the things that were available within it. Because I feel like there's all these, all these different groups of people playing fighting games that are suffering in some way or another. You, mm. you had to suffer through the net code or maybe a game was inaccessible. It wasn't on a platform that was readily available. Like, you know, I imagine uh, Marvel 3 was very difficult to actually get. Like, you could, it wasn't on PC for a long time. So you had to have these last generation consoles to be able to even play it. Um, yep, yeah. And um, the, the thing about Strive was I just think that it was like a perfect storm. Just every, it had, it checked all the boxes that people wanted within a game that they were able to access it. And honestly, it's, it's also just a beautiful game. So it just, it had a lot to look at. It had a lot to do. And uh, it also, I would say it had like a, a fairly um, impressive, I guess impressive is a word for it. I want to say like the opposite of lackluster because the, the, yeah. the release for it was just dazzling for everybody i feel like even if they didn't stick with it yep i i i think that like street fighter often uh like sets the bar for the for the for the game at each console or for the genre each console generation but mm -hmm. then guilty year always closes it out and that's like, interesting exerd when exerd uh, closed out the ps3 and xbox era like and our first interaction with like that, the cell shading and stuff like that and how gorgeous that game was back then. Mm -hmm. um, like strive basically repeated that where right. street fighter five, you know, we, we talked about five and it's, it's, it, it dropped the ball on a lot of things. So the bar was pretty low. <laughs> to right. be very candid. Uh, but then exit, uh, sorry, strive comes out at the, at the end of the console generation and just blows it out of the water. Um, right. I, that's that's interesting because that's actually something I've never thought of, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and so you, you mentioned good timing too, as far as netcode goes, and and in that that was probably I, I credit Strive with with kind of birthing the online generation of fighting games and the legitimacy of fighting games because it was the first uh, mainstream game to uh, come with rollback netcode. Right. Um, I actually have like a lot to say on that. Um, yeah. Because you're definitely right, uh, but I feel like a huge amount of that credit has to go towards Plus R. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah. there was basically, you know, obviously there was this, like, contingency of people that were working on this um, this mod for Plus R that obviously that allowed it to have netback, or netback, incredible, rollback <laughs> netcode. And um, I, that was gaining traction. And so much traction that Arxis became aware of it. And they were like, wait a minute, you guys, we need you guys to work for us. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that first off, I think that's beautiful for a lot of reasons. Something that a lot of people don't know is that modding games in Japan is illegal. 
um, you it because it's basically conflated with piracy. Um, so mm. being able to mod games at all is something that is generally frowned upon. Um, this is something that several games face criticism from the devs. Um, Undernight is is a big one where the devs were not they they did not want people modding the game like in any way. Sure. Um, so the fact that this was like condoned in a way was incredible. First off. Um, and then once it became widely available, a lot of uh, Steam player um, like player statistics, the amount of people playing the game was. Hold on a second. That was BM, by the way. That was BM in that replay. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, it it was uh, the numbers were like three times as much as like. Street Fighter Five or something like that. Like it was just right. some incredible number, and yeah. mm-hmm. it was like, okay, devs, look at this, please, and pay attention. And I feel like um, Strive was really the first game to be in a position to really uh, benefit from that. It, I remember like the the promotion for the game too, and they, when they announced the delay for it before the game even came out, and they were like, we're going like we took we've taken the feedback from the community, we're going to put rollback in it into it, but they had to they had already like progressed so far in the development that they had to delay the game for it, right? Um, and that's that's how big of a deal that was, I think. Yeah. Um, so the first beta for this game was with delay based netcode. Um, uh, and a lot of people were like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and it um, it turned into something that a lot of people criticized because there were a lot of people that were like, listen, like you guys, you shouldn't be like entitled about this. And it's like, it's not about that. Like we, we cannot deal with this. This is not good enough, yeah. you know? Um, sure. And Honestly, it's it's very impressive, you know, because they were dealing with that as well as the, um, you know, COVID was happening at the time. And a lot mm. of their dev cycles got, uh, they, they were just shifted in a way that nobody could really foresee. Um, so right. the fact they were able to make that work at all to me is an incredible accomplishment. I, I agree. And then because of the release during COVID, when we were all locked in, really, like that became like another social outlet for me personally. Because everybody that I, you know, talked to over the years playing fighting games suddenly was playing the same game. Yeah. Um, and so it was like a weird, like, uh, reunification over rollback netcode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Um, yeah, well, oh, sorry, you want to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say the, the, the cool thing about, you know, the implementation of rollback is, uh, you know, competition is great, like, across across the, the different companies, right? Street Fighter, Tekken, like, like. I feel like that was a huge moment for the FGC because it raised the floor, right? In mm-hmm. terms of like what we as players and even like not even competitive players, like casual players are getting to the point to where they're playing, you know, they're trying out online at least. And it's just like, if your game doesn't at least have this, like it's getting to the point to where uh, games are getting like review bombed. Like I've seen, uh, what was that one game? Uh, Grand Blue. Like right. we looked at the Steam, Steam reviews for, for Grand Blue. Uh, pretty much the majority of the comments are, "Oh, this is a great game, but it has yeah. delay-based netcode." Yeah. So it's become a, a huge thing, and it's like if you want to release a fighting game in you know in in, in or now, then you know that's got to be a basis of your of your online play. Right. Yeah. Um, I did. I did want to actually backtrack a little bit. Um, sure. Since we're talking about netcode, 
Um, so I was honestly, I was getting like very disenfranchised with fighting games at one point because mm -hmm. of kind of the, the advent of the pandemic. And, um, it was just, it, it didn't really feel like feasible to be able to have this be like a focus when I'm not, you know, I'm not able to go out to events. Yeah. Um, and during that time, um, it would like, before it got really bad. I had gone to this one anime con. Um, I believe it was Saboten con uh, for anyone that is in the area. Um, mm -hmm. And it was, it was a lovely event, uh, but I was invited by uh, Michael Spotify to com compete because uh, Samurai Showdown was a big game at the time. I was playing that and they were having um, Exerd as a game. Um, <clears throat> and I played in that. I won the Exerd tournament. And there was somebody that I played in that tournament that um, they were really, really like they wanted to talk about the game a lot. Like they were really into Exert, but they were they were not like they didn't have like tournament um, like experience and stuff. So we talked about a bunch of different stuff within the game um, there. They might still be in the chat. I don't know. Um, RK, uh, MG, TG. Um, and they basically eventually they were talking about how they're like oh we, we i have this server where we run um exerd net play tournaments and uh you know i wanted to invite you because i think that you know we got some stronger players and we'd like to have like more people um and i was like i'm not i'm not entering a net play tournament <laughs> <laughs> there's no way i'm not doing that um and eventually he was he was is a little bit insistent and i was like you know what fine i'll i'll come and you know play in this thing and whatever happens if it goes well if it doesn't go well whatever i'll just play in it it'll be fun because i hadn't played in a long time at this point because there hadn't there were no local events sure um and so i joined and um it was it was pretty quick uh, i took care of it pretty quick uh, <laughs> but <Speed run? laughs> you could any any percent um but <laughs> It was really interesting because there were all these people that were clearly very passionate about fighting games, but did not did not have that kind of um, direction to like really get strong at them. And um, it was really like the more time I spent in there, um, I was I felt like reinvigorated to like really try and you know keep playing games seriously and. Um, mm after strive came out there was kind of like a resurgence within that server of new players trying to learn fighting games for the first time so um in that server now there's a role for people that like you know teach help teach newer players and stuff a, a mentor role and i have that role and i i'm in there teaching people all sorts of stuff about fighting games if they if they ask for help and stuff like that so wow that's um, awesome so so you, like basically your second win in the fighting game community was as, as a mentor or as a teacher then yes uh i i kind of i'm not so obviously i can't play fighting games as like a job right a lot of people can't do and most people can't do that yeah um and coming to terms with that is like okay if i'm not going to be this person that goes out and wins majors and stuff like that at the very least maybe i could help somebody be that person you know what i mean and that's yeah. kind of that's really where I want to be. You know, I want to, there's a lot of, there's honestly a lot of like negative energy and like outrage culture within <laughs> fighting games. And yeah. I really want to kind of work against that. Oh, that I get that's you. awesome. Like, yeah, I mean, that's something we've talked about on the show with different people in terms of like, 
the coaching aspect, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, not necessarily the the best players are make the best coaches or even in your case, like the best mentors. Like, you yeah. know, it's, it's one of those things like, uh, I think I always wondered if there were kind of people in those or groups, like in those kind of situations where like they, you know, they really love the game that they're playing, but they haven't unlocked like a more advanced layer in terms of it. Like, you know, they play each other, they understand like, you know, basic stuff of how to punish things and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then like, but they're, but they're lacking that like next next opening them up of, of the game, like whether it's frame traps or or Oki or stuff like that, you know, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, and I mean, there's there's also this is. I don't know, this might be a little bit weird to talk about, but I feel like um, I, I had like a very big kind of personality shift within how I like to present myself in the FGC and just in general, because the time that I spent kind of being locked away during COVID was miserable. (laughs) And um, I really, I was like a pretty, like, uh, I could, I guess you could say like kind of abrasive and like, uh, like cantankerous person uh, (laughs) in, in the FGC before COVID. And I kind of came out of it really just wanting to show people, you know, like how, how beautiful these games are and, you know, how much, how much fun they can be. Yeah. I, um, I, I can relate to that pretty strongly actually. Cause like, I, I'll, I'll be real too. Like the, the pandemic did quite the number on me just due to like personal issues happening and a lot of like rethinking my life, like a lot of, a lot of, uh, questioning of motivations for pretty much everything that I did. And one of those things was fighting games. Like, why I did, I continued to play these games. And, um, you know, for a while, like with, you know, the pandemic killed all locals. Um, and so, uh, when we were starting to come back at around like late 2021 or so, uh, which again, that was still like a tepid time. Uh, we were wearing masks and everything still. Um, and I, uh, I was trying to keep the street fighter five scene alive, but by then pretty much everybody had dropped off. Uh, that had like played like legacy wise. Um, and so it was just a bunch of people that had uh, come up in the online era who had come up during COVID um, and learned how to play during COVID or were too shy to come out during uh, like before the pandemic, but wanted to try to, you know, embrace locals afterwards. And a lot of them were, uh, for, were younger folks. And uh, I found myself being like, you know, this is the scene that we have now. And uh, it's as somebody that's, you know, a part of it and as, as an older person in it, like I have like a responsibility almost to show these people what the game, like, like you said, how beautiful these games are. Mm-hmm. And I got so much fulfillment from, from like, I, I think you can probably, you're probably going to get this right away, but like, it's, you, you show someone like Oki or frame trap, like what Benny mentioned, or like a, you know, a technique for easy IADs or something. Right. Yeah. And they, then they do it. And when they do it and it like, and they get happy for, like that, they got it. It's like the best feeling ever. Cause you got to play a part and like, you got to be a part of that, 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 that learning experience and that journey that you, mm-hmm. that you yourself took, you know, a decade ago. And I, I don't know, there's just something really inspiring to that. And that actually gave me a lot, a lot to chew on and, and, uh, steered my path forward, uh, in the fighting game community. And that's kind of why I'm still around to this day. I yeah. think, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I was going to say, I think it's really like commendable of both of you to kind of be in those positions. Cause it's like, 
I think of like new people in the in the fighting game community, right? It's like somebody starting a new job, right? And like you're excited about the job, like you you know whatever whatever your reason is for being excited to the job, and then you run into like that guy that's been there for ten years and he's like cynical and he hates it and he's like oh this this job's crap blah 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 you know this person's blah blah yeah. blah and it's just like you don't want to go into the situation and just have negativity and you're just like man I didn't really want to hear that from somebody and you know here I am excited for this so to like have you know have somebody mentor you and you know kind of introduce you to this scene and you know be a positive influence on you when you get in like i think i think that does wonders for a lot of people because i've definitely seen situations where like the negativity has turned people away and like you mm -hmm. know whether it's trash talking or like the environment and people are just like oh, i'm just not comfortable being in this kind of situation like to have somebody that's like you know kind of i don't know people would say like the hand holding would be i don't know maybe negative connotation but you know it's it's kind of just introducing them in, in a more positive light to, to like you guys said like kind of like the beauty of fighting games and like you know, the, the fun that we have playing these games. I agree. I, to the point where like, I, I, I'd actually call it handholding and that's fucking fine because, uh, <laughs> you know, during the pandemic, like the world didn't really, didn't really show that they wanted to hold your hand. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a really good, that's a really good point. It was, it was cold all around. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, why I wanted to take it back in terms of like, cause you're, you're a big part of my Street Fighter Four history and my story, so, uh, and I say that not because like I think I played you maybe once in tournament, and that was in the the second qualifier qualifier for the B League stuff, and in that first one, if I can recall correctly, you ended up getting second uh, to Mocha, right? Because Mocha won the first one. And that was like his his coming out party. Uh, so I just remember being like like I wouldn't I wouldn't say supremely confident. Like I was pretty confident about my chances to win that first first qualifier, right? And then uh, Dragon Ninja Daniel puts me in losers in my first match on stream. I dropped like everything, and I felt terrible. And I was just like, man, maybe this isn't my day. And I start making a losers run, and eventually it gets stopped by Chiron. And like you know somebody with a more salty mindset like you know i was upset but could have just left the venue and been like you know screw this whatever i'm done but part of me like i want i was watching the people that were playing well and you were one of them mocha was one of them and i was just like i wanted to be there to like not necessarily congratulate you guys like i just wanted to be there at the moment like whoever was going to end up winning right and um i, I look at it as like that that situation in sports like when the losing team loses and you see the confetti and it's like focusing on the guys that are losing like that was my losing moment was <laughs> sitting on the sidelines while mocha was presented with the winning the winning you know winning the winning the b league or winning the qualifier and then like there was that surprise announcement that like well actually we had somebody fall out of the b league so second place gets to come in too but we didn't want to say anything and you know kind of split the pot situation with you and him and then you got to go in there too and i was just like damn it that could have been me <laughs> so like i just remember like that was that you know you were part of that situation i didn't play you that tournament but then like the next year when they did it again like i had waited that whole year and i was determined to like not lose to anybody like that was my mindset going in it was like it was like my wedding anniversary that day i was like i'm not losing to any anybody today this is my day and i think i beat you i, I beat you on the way like to whatever winning the thing so like you were like an integral part of like kind of like my salty run back and like my climb I climb into the B League the next year. That's really cool and not really something that I even like knew about when it happened. <laughs> um, I 
if I remember correctly, I think I had like lunch with you and your wife. Which on which day? Was that I, before I, or after was, you, you guys played? <laughs> it was when I don't remember exactly. I just remember we went I know for sure we went to um we went to Detroit Coney and, and had some food. I, I wanna say it was after we played, but Oh, maybe it was that day. I don't know. That that day, that one day was a blur when I watched. Yeah, yeah, but that's cool. Um, I remember that was another like really inspirational moment for me when they had those like little cards where they had the people yeah. on them, and I yeah. and they had me with the with the cowboy hat. Yeah. <laughs> that that picture is outrageous. I actually want to find that. Give me a second. Yeah, so see if I can pull it up. Yeah, the event we're describing right now was a qualifier event for a an, a, an event that Abe threw called True Grit, which was uh, a, like a five man round robin, but it was like first to ten or something, something uh, crazy first, like that. First to seven. First, first to seven, seven yeah. deuces yeah. rules. So sometimes it ended up being first to yeah. seven. <laughs> no, well, right? it started. Well, yeah, it started. So they had a basically an A league that he designated of uh, I th- I don't know how many players. I want to say it was like seven total, maybe eight, and it was mm-hmm. just like. However many people, they had an open slot, and then that open slot was for the winner of the B-League Invitational, which he had. And then the B-League was basically set, like, that was just going to be it, an A and a B-League, but there was yeah. enough feedback and, and crying, as, the, as, he, as he described it, for people to want to be part of it, that that's where the, uh, the qualifier was uh, originated from. And that was the original tournament that I was talking about when, uh, when Show got second place. Yeah, wow. I remember when when Abe announced that I was in the room. I think when that happened, and and show got so hype, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, I, mean, I know that was at your expense, but still, like, oh no, 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 no. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, some people would look at that negatively, but like, I just thought of it, you know, considering where I ended up like a year later. Like, if there was no other qualifier in B League after that, yeah, it'd probably just be like a sad story in my in my timeline. But <laughs> considering like the arc that I had to go through, and I had to hold that for like a whole year. And I was just like, damn, that could have been me. Yeah. It, it it made everybody better in the end, right? I think. <laughs> yeah, like I just remember, you know, yeah, like I, you know, when they were, you know, talking to talking to Boca and then they did the surprise thing and it's like, yeah, we gotta we have a second spot opened up and you know, so show's gonna get to play too. And I'm just like, what? I was like, I could have got second place and I could have still been in this. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was so I was so upset at myself for losing that day. Yeah. It, it it was so it was cowboy themed. That was the big thing. It was true grit. So yeah, like, true grit. Yeah, yeah. That was the first one. Yeah. And I think that they gave everybody a nickname, um, like, yeah. and they they put out these like promotional card things. And I I cannot remember what your nickname was. Show if if you do. Yeah, I think he's. Oh, don't card. worry. While while you guys have been talking, I was digging this up. Here you go. I'll put it in the chat. Tight. I'll put it. I'll put it in the stream too. Let me see if I can add this real quick. Because <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was beso- I was so happy when this happened. I was I was ecstatic about this. That's awesome. Yeah, because like Rick Dog had like the old band. I think his was. <laughs> yeah. That's there awesome. we go. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Like, yeah, I was a, I was a part of that one, but yeah, that, I had a lot of fun looking at those and like, yeah, I remember seeing um, the cards. <laughs> I got last place for the record. <laughs> Um, at the actual event, I, I got literal dead last place and that's fine. Um, because I was just glad to be, have been a part of it. Um, and it was just, it was just a really fun event. The idea of being invited to an event is always huge. And I think it's awesome that you 
took that and were and you took it all the way to the next one. Yeah, that was that was my that was my motivation for like a whole year, man. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, that, I kind of wanted to to bounce back and talk briefly about the uh, the, the positivity and negativity conversation um, mm. because I I do remember like like I I got I remember like having to come to terms with, with come to terms with negativity in Marvel three because of the t- character oh. that I played right but <laughs> mm-hmm. um, when Street Fighter five came out that was and it you know it had some some objective flaws to it but as the game got better um, it still you know, there was still a fair amount of like, you know, the game sucks because it sucked at two years ago. Um, and yeah. I, I, I noticed, like, I had to kind of like learn how to steal myself and combat that negativity um, uh, during that time period. And I feel like there's a parallel there as far as, uh, you know, your way of, of uh, changing your outlook and trying to, you know, find ways to be more positive and I, I was curious about like what kind of tools or mechanisms you you have in place to combat negativity towards the game that you play and, and with with the new positive outlook you have. Um, now I'll say this: um, it was something that I was facing quite a bit in Exerd. Uh, people were treating Raven as though he was this like insane broken character long after he was not considered even like top five, and um, it was it was. <laughs> It was so quite they kick you while you're down, basically. Yeah, it was like, oh, my character's not even good anymore, and you guys are treating. Okay, sure. Um, but I think um, you know this is something I still do face because um, I have you have the people that just they just love to say that Strive sucks, and then you right. also have the people that even though they play it, they're convinced that Happy Chaos is just a completely unbeatable character, um, oh. and. Honestly, the the main way to combat that for me is to honestly just, um, I guess, talk to other people that are, I guess, I guess you could say level-headed. <laughs> it's good to have kind of like a, um, it's good to have kind of like a support system yeah. where you're able to speak to other people that you know take the game seriously um, or other yeah. people that are generally able to Honestly, people that beat beat the hell out of me. Uh, yeah. If if I have people that I know like will just stomp me in the game, I'll yeah. talk to them and be like, "Man, like, you know, they could figure this out. They could be in that same position, you know what I mean?" Um yeah, they probably won't have the same like bombastic view because they're winning, right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's one thing that I think a lot of people miss is that I think there's like a um there's like a perception of like, okay, you only like this game because you're winning, right? That's like, that's such a common thing. Like, oh, of course you love this game where you're getting a ton of money, $20. And you're, (laughs) you know, and you're beating up all these people that are bad, right? But I think that having friends or people that you talk to that are also like just better than you or just spend more time with the game, they're more experienced and stuff like that, uh, will, if, if you're, Actually, let me step back a little bit. I always think about what makes a game that I enjoy. And um, in fighting games, we love the genre, right? Just in general, two people on the screen fighting each other. It's awesome. But what really brings it beyond that for me and makes you want to focus on the game is that 
if I'm sitting there losing, if I'm getting beat down for hours and hours, am I still having fun? And if the answer to that is yes, then I feel like that is a game that I really, really love. Yeah. Yep. And that, because... that, that's, that's my prime example when it came to Marvel 3. Like, I was complete ass at Marvel 3, and mm-hmm. I'd go to casual sessions with my friends, and I'd get beat, you know, 30, 40 times in a row, and I'm mm-hmm. just like... Yeah, I got my one mix-up off, you know, maybe one out of ten games. But, you know, at the same time, I'm, I'm still having fun. I mean, I'm watching it the majority of the time as, you know, I'm getting my ass kicked. But it's like, <laughs> I'm still having fun. Yeah, so it's yeah. It's like, you know, I, I still love that game and, you know, and playing it on a, on the level that I'm at. Mm-hmm. The, does Strive give you that kind of feeling where, like, you can, you can just have your ass beat for hours and still be okay with the game and still be excited to play it the next day? Um, absolutely. Uh, so... I'll give I'll give a little story for this one. Um, he's probably in the chat right now. Um, one of the local players, um, Ed or Gatterall, he um, we we were going we were gonna go to Combo Breaker. Yes, exactly. Wiffy Cat is also Gatterall. For some reason, he has a million Twitch t- names. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah. Wiffy Cat in our chat says you win because you like the game and not the other way around. Exactly, um, and so. Uh, we were both going to Combo Breaker, and I needed a ride to the airport, but I didn't want to bother my roommate um, in the morning. So, uh, Wiffy Cat had a hotel room that was next to the vent. It was next to the airport, so I was so I just decided to go over there, hang out with him for a while, and then you know fly out from there in the morning. And I went over there, and we literally played for like nine hours. We were just just grinding and he plays the same character that i do we both play happy chaos and <laughs> i'll say we played probably like and, and i probably won like 10 percent of them or something like that and i came out of that like so inspired and just happy that i spent all that time playing playing it and learning and all that sort of thing um and it made me really want to play well in the event which i'm i'm very happy with my performance at the event but also just in general to be playing this game more so yes i would say that i feel that nice i i i remember getting that feeling with street fighter 6 too where like i would i got destroyed by some top players from california and what i f- took away from it was oh my god there's another way to play this game and it's awesome looking yeah yeah <laughs> and um, like to be like to, to to feel like that not it's like that it's like a shonen anime where it's like to, to know that there is a level beyond and that you can get there now that now that you've seen what that looks like you, you feel inspired to to chase it more i think yes yeah that's like that's actually an extremely good way to describe it i i completely agree yeah i mean yeah that's the that's the that's the, the uh the other beauty of fighting games right it's kind of like the kind of self-fulfillment the I guess validation in a way of you seeing yourself improve like yeah i've been having a hard time grasping this game and uh really kind of I've been building really slow. Like I did my placement matches. I ended up in silver. So I'm like climbing my way out of there. I've been like sitting in platinum now and I've been playing John and I've been playing uh, old man river, Jeff, and they win 80, 90% of the games. But at the same time, like I'm learning about deficiencies in my game or deficiencies in, in the the setups or the things that I'm doing. Cause like the people that I've been playing at the lower levels, they're not, they're not blowing me up for stuff. They're like kind of getting me, letting me get away with things that I probably shouldn't. And I'm not sure if I can. And then I play these guys and all of a sudden it's just like, Oh, you can jump over that. Oh, you can, (laughs) you know, you can punish this. And I was just like, I haven't been getting punished for this for the last, you know, four hours I've been playing this game. I've been getting away with some BS. Yeah. So 
you know, but, I, but at the end of the day, like, you know, I'm I'm learning and and I'm having a ton of fun still, even though I you know I probably lost ninety percent of the games to both of those guys combined. Mm-hmm. I I really like the the mentor trajectory show uh, as far as like you want to, you still want to play the games like because we frequently have this like divide I think on, on the show we talk to players and we talk to tos and mm-hmm. like there's usually not a lot of crossover between them and anybody that tries to cross between the two is usually pretty unhappy with their, their results in both. <laughs> right. No, that's, that's 100% true. And honestly, that's, I feel like the hardest thing to really overcome because I feel like I'm in a position as someone that talks to a lot of people, you know, I talk to you guys and, and I have like some history with a lot of people in the area. Mm-hmm. It's the, the, um, the onus of like having an event that I'm running or that is around something that I'm trying to do, it's very tempting, but I, I love playing the game so much. I can't do it. So like to tie back to kind of what Benny was talking about where like, he's, you know, you're playing Benny and then you, you, you play against a top player that will, that will punish you for doing certain things. Right. Like that is another form of, uh, uh, teaching or instruction in a way. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you can get fulfillment from doing that, and you get to play the game still. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah. kind of the best of both worlds. And um, as so, well as combating that negativity. Yeah. So um, I actually, specifically when I was playing Exerd, um, I had kind of like a, uh, a, sh- a teach by example type of uh, like method where I was playing Potemkin against people. Um, I don't want to get, I don't want to get like too into the minutia of it, but basically I was playing this character who um for you know for people that don't play the game or don't know what i'm talking about but the things that he does are so huge and like in your face that like when you get hit by it you're like oh i definitely should have not let this happen because i should have you know i should have jumped here not so i don't get grabbed you know so i don't have to watch this whole cut scene (laughs) (laughs) where he takes it in the sky (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah um and there there's like that aspect of being able to teach through the gameplay is always what I was what I like the most because I've never been somebody that spends a ton of time in uh in practice mode yeah yeah that's me trial by fire like (laughs) I'm thinking Mm -hmm. you know I I might practice some some simple combos or conversions and stuff in in training mode but I'm just like you know what I might as well just play somebody and see if I even get the opportunity and if I do can I make that conversion happen in real time because yes. otherwise, like, you know, what's the point of me going into into the lab if that, that's not going to translate to me when I'm actually playing somebody anyway? I, Benny, you bring, you bring up a good point, too, in that, you know, everybody kind of learns differently. And mm-hmm. um, I was curious, show if, like, the people that you've been mentoring in the Discord and, you know, beyond, like, have you... Have you found like a, a methodology that helps you cover multiple like multiple styles of learning? Do you do you shift based on how they learn, um, or is it more of just like a kind of finding the right personality type for who you take on as a mentee? <laughs> um, so that's actually a really good question, and there's a lot of different aspects to it, of course, because like you were saying earlier, you were talking about like top players are not always the best teachers, and there's a lot of top players who they take on that. Um, you know, here's my account. I've won this event, this event, this event. Let me teach yeah. you, you know, and that is cool, but not necessarily the best way to go about it, you know, and I, I've always been kind of critical of that concept because I don't necessarily, 
honestly, there are a lot of top players that are just not really pleasant people. And, you know, <laughs> they, you, you don't really want to sit there and talk to like, yep. but um, so, yes. And I feel like there are little ways that you can adjust what you're doing to make it more palatable to, to the players. Um, I, I do a little bit of writing. So, um, right. Like doing little like write-ups for oh, people wow. is not particularly difficult. Um, but there, so it's, it's between several different things. Um, there's like playing matches. And then every time after I finish a set, I usually do first to 10 against people. And then I'll say, I'll say to them, would you like advice? Um, lots of times, or not lots of times, this, this is actually pretty rare. Somebody would be like, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'm salty right now. You're like, they don't, they don't want to talk. About it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but most of the time they'll be like, oh yeah, sure. And then um, I'll usually try to get some like bullet points of like try to condense information down as much as i can because if you tell somebody 20 different things how much are they really going to absorb yeah, um, yeah. my i try to do is keep it to three different things to take away from it and work on or whatever um so there's there's the gameplay there's that aspect afterwards and then i make a lot of uh little clips um uh, just like fire up OBS and then just make like a five to 10 second clip uh, explaining different things, oh, post wow. it up on streamable and then, you know, provide them with links of different, uh, different ways to, um, to approach different situations. Mm. So what happens when you, you give them the clip and you tell them like, here's something that I think you did wrong. And then they argue with you about it. Um, so, <laughs> to bring the negativity into it <laughs> yeah yeah um and so a lot of times there are situations where i'll just be like okay i'm not going to talk to you about this right now because it's not it's it's not a good it, we're not going to get anywhere you know um mm. you can i can show you through I, I could like point out a player another player that is there that plays the same character and you know usually i get a little bit of corroboration where i can get examples from people that actually are playing that same character they're in that same situation mm -hmm. okay um so uh, more data generally, points <laughs> huh more more evidence and data points to support your generally, case generally yeah that's so yeah. I, I always feel like um what what really becomes difficult about informing people is when they're they've created this like obstacle course of different conditions that they are in that you don't understand and it's like listen <laughs> i i've been doing this for a minute all right i i understand what you're going through and i'm trying to make sure that you don't have to go through it anymore you know and <laughs> having other people be able to chime in um there's like there's kind of like a like it sounds like it's kind of like a beat down sort of thing where it's just like everybody's yeah. dogpiling or whatever yeah. but that's not that's and and if they think of it that way that's when it gets to the okay we're not going to talk right now because yeah, this yeah. is not th there's nothing helpful happening here um yeah and so just just in general, being able to consult with other players that I think are really good. Um, I There's a lot of honestly, a lot of the people that go to the events in Arizona, I consider like extremely strong and I can consult with them about things on whatever character they play. Nice. I thought it was interesting you brought up in terms of like the top players and like they list their accomplishments. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's cool. But that's like stuff you've won. Like if I'm going to exactly. hire you to be an instructor, like. What have your students done? You know, mm. oh, I trained so and so, and they they placed top eight at their next major, or they did, you know, they won their next local like three weeks later. You know, I want to know the kind of stuff that 
what you know the knowledge that you've passed on like how has that been beneficial to your students not like oh yeah you know i, I want combo breaker and i'm you know i'm top eight finisher at evo and blah 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 it's like that's cool but it's just like how are you going to teach me that <laughs> that is actually incredible that you bring that up because i've only seen that done with one other thing um i've tried to play a lot of different games competitively and for a while i played uh, magic the other and competitively and um traveled for events for that as well i had like a team um you guys know rick dog i used to travel yeah. with him as well yeah um and uh the only place I've seen that done is with Magic the Gathering. There are people that'll have like, hey, I have this program that I'm doing where we'll, you know, I'll teach you this amount of time. And this dude that was part of the program, and it shows a picture of this guy holding a giant trophy. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. I might need this service. <laughs> I want a trophy like that. Yeah, it, it was the, the student. It was a picture of the student right. with a trophy from an event that he won after they had um, they had gone through that program. And I think that that is so that is so inspirational. Yeah, <laughs> those are, those are the testimonials you want, right? It's just like exactly. I took this program and check out this trophy I won. Not like <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> So, you know, that, that example actually has, it's a, it's a, it's a coach, right? You're hiring a coach. Um, right. Show, show, would you consider yourself a coach or a mentor or both? Um, I don't know with, with fighting games specifically, I don't know how much of a difference there is. Hmm. Um, there are very few people that go to me for stuff. That's like replay analysis, like very specific, like, okay, you need to do this, 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 and this here. So, maybe less like a coach um because a lot of this a lot of the information i like to give is a lot more broad um because i feel like guilty gear especially as a game has a lot of different decision trees and i can't just be like this was the right one that you should have done and in a lot of situations yeah i see um okay. real quick i wanted to ask is there a possibility that i could get a certain video playing on here oh uh, uh sure yeah yeah um because there was when i was at combo breaker i was on stream and i played against tempest um who <laughs> he won the event um and <laughs> i was actually really happy with uh how it went yeah go ahead, go ahead and link it in the chat and i'll pull it up yeah no problem it's it's already time stamped for you oh thank you oh, yeah. even better okay yeah so this was the most recent combo breaker that happened what like a month ago right yep yep yeah and um, I was I was really happy because we had Yipes and Ringe on the commentary, uh, two great personalities, <laughs> and um, they were not roasting me, so I was very happy. <laughs> um, and so uh, yeah, I just I wanted to plug this because not only you know Tenno Media their their production is incredible, um, but I was also just I was so I was inspired after this set very very strong player obviously he won the event you know um yeah. and i didn't feel like i was completely overwhelmed um yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it, to be able John. to play and be satisfied with the uh with the performance in the match with that big of a crowd behind you and that many people watching on the stream like <laughs> yeah that's awesome john your cat is uh 
your cat is like in front of the camera and it's just yes, totally she is. taking up all the screen time. Yes, she is. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, well, thankfully, no thankfully he has a different camera for the, okay. for the actual stream. That's like our that's like our view. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. I didn't yeah. know if that was okay. That's okay. Um, They're watching the video. <laughs> oh man. I was fixing the camera, but um so I guess uh, a further question I had was, um, it's actually lost on me right now. I'm too busy trying to make sure my cat doesn't eat my microphone. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> that, is, that is a more pressing issue for sure. <laughs> Earlier, she was um, she jumped on my, on the top of my computer and had her paw on the power button, which will, oh, will no. shut down my computer. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh, no, this is going to be the worst. So that's why I got up and left mid. <laughs> that reminds me of the, the situations with the, the freaking... NES and other consoles where it's just like, hey, we gotta go. And I'm like busy playing a game, and then my sister will walk up, she's like holding down the reset button. She's like, We gotta go. And I'm like, What? <laughs> so, oh, man. I, I I was thinking too, like, you know, we jumped into a bunch of different topics regarding the pandemic and 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 uh uh locals and community and negativity and coaching and whatnot. But um we we kind of glossed over a lot of your history and strive. Um mm -hmm. And so this looks like it's it's a, re a very recent placing, and um, uh, you know, could we chronicle a little bit of your journey from uh, in, in Strive and like how you started, what character you played, and all the way up to your uh, your dirty happy chaos? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the um, there was there was a beta for the game. Uh, I believe it was the second beta because I di I didn't touch this the first one. I uh, I wasn't really. I don't remember. There was something else going on at the time, I think, because, you know, those betas just go for a weekend. And it's like, yeah. if you have any plans on that weekend, you're not getting you're not going to get to play. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, so I played in the second beta and um, I really, really liked Ramlethal. Um, that character. First off, I, I've always liked the character. Um, but in Exord, her game plan was like beyond what I was able to comprehend you know um and her game plan in excerpt is very simplistic very straightforward kind of a uh, rushdown style with these as i said before these very commanding buttons which i love that sort of thing so i was playing her and um that was that was the character i played and i was i was actually kind of finding myself at a wall with that character because i felt like the amount of um the amount of stuff to work on became based around a lot or sorry based a lot around play better <laughs> which <laughs> which is like such a such a difficult like thing to do like you get like dude why why did you lose this match oh i i gotta press the button better you know and <laughs> um that's that's hard to deal with and um this character happy chaos um he's got that same kind of vibe as raven that i love um, the, the, the gun aesthetic, I think is really badass. I play a lot of like a lot of first person shooters and stuff. So, oh, okay. um, I was like totally taken in by this character's design. Um, and <laughs> it was funny when he got revealed, uh, one of the members of the community, Rainbow Heavy, he says in the chat, did anyone see how show was holding up? <laughs> did anyone check in? <laughs> is he all right? <laughs> um, but, uh, this so you character, knew right away that you're going to play this character. Basically. As soon as they announced that he was going to be playable, I was like, "Yeah, that's it. That's that's 100 it." And um, 
I was I was learning very quickly that what this character would uh, demand gameplay wise is a lot way beyond what I'd ever done in a fighting game before. Um, and so it, there were a lot of moments. I got a lot of O and twos in tournaments. Um, a lot of moments where, you know, I just didn't really have the right set of actions in mind to deal with the situation and stuff like that. Um, and just in general, the, the things that this character expects from you is much more than most characters in the game. Um, and that was actually inspiring because I was like, I'm not going to let that stop me from playing him. You know what I mean? And um, what we were talking about earlier, you know, you, you win because you enjoy the game, that sort of thing. My, my strength with this character is not based on how strong the character is. I just really want to play him, you know, sure. and um, being able to come to terms with that and just leverage my enjoyment, you know, with this character improving is okay. You need to do, you need to learn this setup. You need to start doing this in this situation. It's, it's, very very um there's tons of decisions to be made there's a lot of mental stack and stuff like that and that actually is a lot easier to work on than you need to play better <laughs> yeah. um in any given match i feel like i can like tally up how many situations i've made a mistake and how many situations where i uh you know i should have done this better combo or i should have used my meter in this better way and i love that because it's much easier to process where to find the improvement as a player. Yep. I, I, I find that to be the case when I, when I pick up technical characters too, where it's like the it's, it's more demanding, but there's always an answer. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like playing a simplistic character and being like, I got, I got the pants beat off me. I don't really know what else I can do besides, like you said, yeah. play better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the, I, I, I did remember my question from earlier and I apologize for jumping around so much here. Um, but this might actually play into this match too, is, uh, when, you know, when, when you're doing the mentor work, um, and you take a particularly bad loss in a tournament somewhere, you know, I, I, I figure you, we, we've all got those stories where we've taken a big loss. Yeah. Does it ever feel like the mentor, the mentorship got in the way and that you could have spent the time the time you spent teaching the uh, teaching people you could have been spent like playing a top player and getting your ass beat never no really okay i so every every time i spend time doing that it's not only like trying to help someone else improve but i always try to think of it through the scope of my own play as well and so if like say if i'm playing somebody that's new to the game or they're just not they, they just don't understand certain things this character right. specifically happy chaos if you don't know how to fight him you just die and that's all there is to it <laughs> um and so in those situations i try to find moments where i can work on things even when i'm at a huge advantage you know i'll i'll do things that um I didn't, I'm not confident doing in like a tournament match or I'll do things that, uh, you know, I'll try to brush up on like, okay, what is a better meaty to go for in this situation? You know what I mean? Um, sure. So those mentor quotation moments um, that I'm, that I'm in, uh Oh, uh, the, the stream <laughs> video uh, got, didn't want to play along. Um, those moments 
I find ways to improve on what I'm doing as well. So I never, I never come to a situation where I feel like it's ever in the way. Okay. That's, that's good to hear. Um, I, there are times when I, I feel that way when I play fighting games and I'm like, you know, I, you take a, I took a particularly bad loss, uh, a couple weeks ago, I think. And it was, it was like, Nah, never mind. All that to say is like, <laughs> I, I, the, I always wonder if I could have optimized my time better in the same way that you can look at your character and look, look back at, at a matchup and be like, oh, what if I had done this thing instead? Because I had yeah. this other option, right? I, I frequently yeah. wonder that uh, when I'm playing and I'm like, maybe I should just be getting my ass beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, there was actually... The, there was a question that I actually expected you to ask, which is different from what you did. I'm glad mm -hmm. you did ask that question because that is something to think on. Um, it's mm -hmm. the, the concept of like when I take, like if I take a bad loss or like I get like crushed in a tournament, um, yeah. if there's ever a moment of like, uh, I guess you could say like imposter syndrome, like you feel like maybe you shouldn't really be doing that. Maybe I shouldn't be teaching these people because I'm actually pretty bad type <laughs> thing. Sure. And, oh, yeah. Um, Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say that's a that's a great question. The situation to be in, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I there there have been times where I think about that sort of thing, and um, honestly, with Strive coming out and the speed at which people have become like very proficient at this game, I felt like, am I? Can I even keep up with what's going on in this game? You know, can I keep up with the the tech that's being found and all this stuff? Um, and it, it it goes away once I'm actually in a position to talk to somebody and try to be helpful towards them. Because I feel like um, when you're thinking about it outside of it happening, you feel like all these other people could be better at it than you. But I feel like uh, once, you, once you apply yourself to it and you're in a situation to convey things, there's a certain method that, or there's, there's certain ways that are better than others, I guess you could say. And I... Personally, I think I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah, uh, like uh, like one thing in terms of teaching too is like, so I'm in a situation where my son like he wants to learn Street Fighter Six, and like we've been we played here and there, right? And I wouldn't consider myself a top player by any means in in any game that I've played, mm -hmm. but uh, you know I could see where you where you would kind of feel feel like uh, that imposter syndrome in terms of like teaching, right? But I don't know. I, I guess I look at it in terms of like. You know, uh, when it comes to like a kid growing up, right? When it comes to like sports, like your first teacher is typically your dad or like a sibling or something, right? Like they're gonna yeah. teach you the basics of the game, and they're gonna they, they'll get you to a certain level. So like I kind of I, like that's kind of where I see myself with my son. Like I don't know how far he's gonna want to get into this competitive scene, or if he's gonna want to play in the tournaments because he, you know, he's played here and there in the past. Nowadays, he's kind of worried about how he does or how he's gonna look or whatever. And I'm just like, well, don't worry about that. Like people lose all the time. But like I kind of just look at myself in the situation where I'm I'm the one that kind of show him the ropes and I'll get him to a certain point. And then if he decides to take this any further, then maybe I'll look into other options with, you know, a more advanced coach at that point. Somebody that knows the game or knows and those things better than I do. Yeah. Um, actually, that brings me to another point. Um, there's a player within the OK, I actually. Well, I'll uh, I'll talk about that later because you talked about kind of uh, when you're when you're wrapping up kind of the shout outs type thing. I'll I'll talk about that later. But there is a player who I was playing against 
and he felt like he was reaching kind of a plateau in terms of what he could do with his character. And um, like I said, I consider all the people that play Strive in Arizona, I feel like they're really, really smart players. So I actually brought him over to talk to another one of my friends that has the same main and, uh, you know, had him kind of talk, talk him through some different stuff. So it's definitely cool. good to have that kind of, like, like I said, that like network of people that, you know, are just very, very passionate, very strong players. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that like training group that, like I said, that I, that I work with, with John and old man river and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I get my ass beat all the time, but it's just like, <laughs> I'm sure if I have somebody that wants to learn, learn Chen, like I've got somebody that'd be like, well, I kind of know some stuff, but it's like, if you want to really learn some stuff, like you got to talk to this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's great to be able to do that for sure. Yeah. I definitely, I can relate to the the happy chaos uh, thing with uh, with Chun, where it's like, if if people don't know the matchup, then they just you know it's it's a it's kind of a wash at that point because the character just knowledge checks you to death, um, and I uh, I do I do frequently wonder am I am I like am I actually gonna be am I am I that good or like eventually like people are gonna figure out the matchup and then I'm just gonna fall to the wayside you know yeah. Um, but sorry, yeah, just thinking about Happy Chaos and watching this match here uh, <laughs> got me thinking about that a little bit. Because, like, this character looks pretty dumb, <laughs> man. Like, the doll looks yeah. pretty dumb. Yeah, it looks yeah, really yeah. good. <laughs> um, but that's actually another way that I found uh, to like ways to combat uh, negativity, particularly if I pick a strong character. Is um, you know, I I just kind of I acknowledge it and validate the feedback, and I'm like, yeah, this character is pretty broken. Uh, that's awesome, yeah. isn't it? And then, <laughs> I, right. Frequently, I, I get told, "No, that's not awesome. Fuck you." But <laughs> but well, th there are times when that diffuses it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's kind of something that I thought about, and I was I was actually thinking on this a lot um, in the early versions of Guilty or Strive because. Quick aside, I feel like the game has only improved in terms of balance. I feel like every time they've done new things, they make the character, they make they make sure that they add new things to what every character can do, and then they kind of tone down some of the more degenerate stuff. Um, people will, of course, say, you know, whatever they've done for Happy Chaos, it wasn't enough, etc., whatever. <laughs> he, I, I will fully admit the character is still very likely the best character in the game, but the stuff that he was capable of when he first came out was like, outright broken and a question that i think a lot of people should ask is like okay when does scrub quoting become a valid complaint when does it become okay listen this is actually unreasonable this is not something that a character should be able to do in comparison you know relatively to what other characters can do and uh <laughs> Nagaruyuki was making me wonder that. <laughs> <laughs> and I and again, the most recent patch for uh for this game has brought him in line with what I feel what they wanted him to be able to do but still be, you know, a strong character. Um but besides the point, I just think that that's an interesting thing to think about that a lot of people when you when you've played a lot it's just oh yeah if you're complaining like you're just scrub quoting or like if you're you know but when does it become like okay this actually could be more reasonable this is actually you know you know what i mean yeah it, it's really quick we're really quick to to 
to just shut any any discussion down. I actually think that ties back all the way back to the beginning of the show in regards to the the tier lists and how early it is. But like mm-hmm. yeah. having that conversation, I think is actually pretty healthy as long as people aren't demanding balance changes like out of yeah, the gates. Right. You know, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah, cool. I mean it's 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 something too in terms of like the top tiers too. It's like you always have this situation where. Well, not even just the top tiers. We're we're just people like downplay their characters, right? It's like, well, I think this character is good. Well, they have good tools, but and it's always like you know they always want to people always want to downplay their characters in terms of the kind of tools and access stuff to stuff that they have, you know, for whatever reason, whether they don't want them to get nerfed or whether they want some kind of validation for their own skill. And it's, you know, it's not just a character. You know, I'm actually good. Yeah, uh, those kind of situations. We live in patch culture now, where patch like, culture. Like, yeah. like I, I don't know about you, but when, when five, like in between each, each of the seven seasons, they release like a, you know, a patch notes list of the nerfs and buffs. There are times that I'm like, hell yeah, I am a good player. Like they were, they, they agree with me. <laughs> you yeah. You get, get your like validation. Kind of validation. Yeah. 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 The devs um, give it to you instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I know exactly what you mean. And I think you're right. Um, there's. there's just like an aspect of like okay um you know can we is there a possible way to talk about this in a healthy way because i never see it happen you know what i mean yeah Yeah. Um, it's on twitter i'm kidding oh my god yeah i was gonna say i was was gonna bring that up too like in terms of like character discussion like probably twitter is the worst place social media like yeah i think you need to find either like the uh I'm not in like a bunch of discord groups but like people seem to be more reasonable in those kind of settings or at least on like a local level People are a lot, a lot more reasonable in terms of discussion instead of going on Twitter and being like, "Oh man, this is broken." It's like, yeah, and, and like you said, like there's there's the one side where it's just like, "Oh man, you're just a scrub. Get better. Get good, right?" And then yeah, there's yeah. the other side that people are going to agree with you, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, people are dogpiling somebody else, and I'm like, "Oh my god." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I there's one thing I, I want to make sure I say this because I this is something I really wanted to say on it on the stream <laughs> for sure. Um, Every game has, there's two different versions of that game. There's the one that people are actually playing, and then there's the version that is on social media. And (laughs) it's it's insane because if you heard, if you say like Exert, for example, right? If you just took things that you heard on social media for granted, you would think that every tournament for that game has everyone playing Johnny. And that's the character that gets not only wins, but all the entire top eight is all Johnny and Elfelt. Yep. And yeah. those the the that perception is just not it's simply not how the game is, you know? And yeah. um I feel top like tears become memes, basically. And then those yeah. memes end up being repeated. Yeah. And, and the, that the memes get like toxic culture attached to it and then anybody that happens to play those characters gets uh yeah uh, a tart and feathered for it really right yeah and um i just think like the hardest thing and the most important thing is being able to bring people outside of the social media version and bring them towards the real version um and actually there was kind of a huge awakening within guilty or strive if you don't follow it you might not know but there was a big um, a big tournament called uh, the Arc Revo Finals, which was something that you had to qualify for. Um, mm-hmm. There were only eight players that qualified for it. And the winner of the event was a Soul Bad Guy player. Um, and it is Soul Bad Guy largely considered one of the weaker characters, or at least like a low mid character. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the truth is that 
in Japan, they just they're playing a different game, huh. and um, they're, they're they're playing something closer to the real game. <laughs> 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 and uh, it was funny because there was there was one Happy Chaos representative at uh, Umi Show, and she was defeated first round. Uh, it was like an O two situation. Oh wow! Um, okay. And it it shook a lot of people's understanding of what the game is and it's like the people that have been playing the game seriously they're like yeah he's just like soul bad guy or the person that won mochi he's just incredibly good and he's he's a strong player it doesn't matter how strong his character is because he's just really good um but a lot of people were just convinced yeah i mean there's a there's only one happy chaos player they're obviously going to win the tournament you know what i mean (laughs) it's it's and i'm sure you know this from your magic the gathering days but like it's it's like a community meta in a way right where social media Mm. influences that meta and then people like learn the matchups for the top tiers but they don't learn the matchups for the mid-tier characters because they're they're so influenced by everything going around them and so the community forms this weird meta and then you know you might have an insular community like japan you know having a completely different meta and then yeah. countering our meta. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's really crazy. Cause I, I, I'm kind of against the whole, like, yeah, Japan's just better type mentality. Yeah. But then it's like, you see situations like this, you see Evo Japan and they're, it's, it's just a different game. And it's something that we, <laughs> yeah. we need to get a hold of that game. Cause, cause that game is crazy. <laughs> It's like that. It's like what we talked about earlier. You get you get shown that there's a brand new world to this game, and there's yes. more to uncover. And for the scientists or for the curious minds out there, that's that's more than enough to keep going. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was gonna say like uh, yeah. One final thought that I had was in terms of like uh, you talk about like the, the you know the social media game, and then uh, it, it kind of just makes me think about because I have a friend that he's not really into fighting games. Like he'll play. Like he knows about some stuff. He'll watch watch streams and whatnot. And he'll join my stream like when I'm playing and stuff. And like a lot of times he's he's quick to talk about, man, that looks broken. Man, that looks OP. And it's like I find myself kind of like downplaying stuff and kind of talking down. And I'm just like, no, I mean, it's OK. Like, I'm OK with it. It's, you know, and trying to, you know, I guess bring him off the cliff or whatever. And just like, no, no, like, you know, it's it's perfectly fine. Like what's going on in the game? It's just, you know, it's something I got to learn to deal with. Right. That's huge. Be, be, being able to say like. Of course, you guys have been playing these games for a while, as I have, but I feel like being able to say, like, okay, this is something I need to learn how to deal with is, like, huge. That's massive because it it brings responsibility into your court, and then when you when you have that responsibility and you figure it out and you counter those things, that is your hard work just playing out right in front of you. Yep, yep. You have to, you can't, you can't get the, the, uh, all the positive energy from picking yourself back up if you don't fall down first, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take, actually, a loss yes. to, take a loss to get the win. And then that right. win is all the more, all the more beautiful, I think. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, yeah, I talked about playing Old Man River and like he was playing uh, Marisa today. And, you know, this is like his day one Marisa. And I'm like, he, I think that we started out, I won the first game, then he went on like a 10 game win streak. And I have trouble in that matchup. So I'm like learning stuff at the same time. And then I'm adapting to his play style, which is hard to deal with. And I think in the end, I won, I don't know, 12 out of 50 matches. But man, those 12 matches that I won, I was like, there was one where I was like really feeling myself. I was like, man, I am figuring shit out. I was just like, then, you know, then I'd lose like five more. But I was like, hey, I'm, I'm grasping some stuff here that I didn't know about. 
And it's about whether or not that feeling gets lost in the salt, I think. <laughs> right, exactly. And, um, you know, being able to cast off that salt is, that's the hard part, but it is, it is not just applicable to fighting games. And I think that that's like something that a lot of people don't understand is that your, your mental state and your ability to stay emotionally invested while at the same time being able to uh, accept uh, and a bad situation is um, it applies to a lot more than just what's happening on the screen. There's a very poignant point point to, to end our show on here. Yeah. Um, I just want to say it's shows show. Oh, <laughs> there we go. We got the puns. I knew we, I knew we wouldn't be able to make it throughout the whole thing without this happening. And that's, that's fine. <laughs> That's the show. There it is. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any shout outs on the way out show? Um, I do. So um, this one is a little self-indulgent, but uh, my Twitch, I stream every weekend. Um, I usually stream every Friday, but it looks like our locals are trying to do um, Fridays. So I might be streaming on Saturdays. I regularly stream on Saturdays. Um, I have a server for if people want to hang out or watch it. Oh, my God. Wait a second. Um, is that like a discord server yes a discord server um and then there's also um if you'd like you could send me the link to it or just put the link in the chat and i'll throw it in the the description for the video cool so that's my that's my stream link and then also there's the um the fighting community that i'm part of i was bringing up earlier where i'm a mentor is um rtvs fight zone um there it's it's a massive server there's tons of people in it um and i mean i only i only teach strive so if people are into six they'd have to look elsewhere but there are a lot of um a lot of newer players that are trying to get into fighting games and uh you know i i'm really glad that i'm part of that community and a lot of the people that came to watch are also from that community as well awesome well cheers Thanks to everybody in the stream that are that came uh, to see show here, and thanks for watching. Um, we'll go ahead and close the show out here. You can call, you can uh, find us on YouTube.com/spiralseries, Twitch.tv/spiralseries, and if you search for uh, Spotify, uh, sorry, on Spotify, if you search for Absolute Guard, I am never going to get this right. I was totally <laughs> trying to pull up the script while we were talking, and it, I, I couldn't find it, and I'm like, ah. So, GGs, and thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, have a good night. Thanks, guys. <laughs>